For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. All right. Well, it's not Tim Weisberg. It's Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light. Tim is is having surgery this morning, so our good thoughts go out to him. Uh, if you uh, want to send some online, uh, some on-air uh, prayers and and good thoughts to Tim, uh, uh, give me a call. Uh, this is Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light, who I, I regularly fill in for Tim when he's not here. Uh, the New Bedford Light is an online digital publication that's sort of like... Um, Public television, uh, it's free. It's supported just by your donations. You never have to to um, pay for it. Just go online and, and click in newbedfordlight.org and you'll be able to um, read all the um, articles for free. Uh, I have one up this morning about uh, uh, the passing of, of Judge Markey and Mayor Markey, uh, whose funeral will be this morning at Holy Name Church. Uh I um, have a special guest coming on at the 8 o'clock hour, uh, Dick Walliger, Richard Walliger, who was the uh, former city planner for Judge Markey, for Mayor Markey. I keep saying judge. Uh, he'll be here to talk about some of the highlights um, of the Markey administration, and I'm sure he'll have some funny stories to tell uh, because uh, uh, Jack Markey was a funny guy. Uh, I thought that I might this morning just read a little bit from the column I wrote about Mayor Markey, and um, one um, short part of his life that I think illustrates the kind of guy he was. So this column picks up just as um, Mayor Markey and his wife Carol are newlyweds, and he's graduated from Stonehill College. He's gone to work um, in Washington, D.C. Markey went to work for a travel agency in D.C., and after dealing with lawyers in that job, he decided he could do that kind of work himself. Quote, they had a court case, he said. This doesn't look that hard, said John Markey Jr. His dad applied and was accepted to three law schools, but Howard was the cheapest, a definite appeal to his father's frugal nature. It was 1966, but Markey did not decide to attend the overwhelmingly black university to make a civil rights statement, John said. It was because he thought this is a school I can afford, he explained. Once he got to Howard, his son said, Markey's black classmates became his own group, and he remained lifelong friends with some of them. The Markeys are not, nothing if not comfortable in what I would call a traditionalist, small-d, democratic way of looking at things. If you're truly trying to be colorblind, it's not about diversity. It's about treating everyone equally because they're a, they are a human being, said John. So that's just a, a short excerpt from my column this morning in in describing how 
how Jack Markey in 1966, remember, that's the height of the civil rights movement, uh, the height of all the discord and division in this country between blacks and whites. He's in Washington, D.C., and this, this Irish guy from New Bedford decides he's going to go to Howard Law School, you know, and I think when he started, John told me that, that there was like two white uh, whites out of 88 or something like that um, uh, in that law school. Everybody else was a, was a black person. And he, he did it. He went there while he was married, while he was already had one child and, and completed that law school with his black classmates, the only one of 14 graduates who was white. So that was the kind of guy that, that, that Jack Markey was. He wasn't doing it to make a civil rights point. He was just doing it because it was a less expensive school that he thought he could afford, and he didn't see color. So that 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 was Jack Markey. If you have a Jack Markey story and you want to call me up, uh, uh, it's 508-996-0500. Uh, I think one, one of the problems with um, living to be 89 years old is that that a lot of your colleagues have, have predeceased you. And so, so a lot of the people who were active in the Maki administration back in the 1970s, early 1980s are, are no longer with us. But um, their children are and, and their grandchildren. And so maybe they have some stories. Uh, 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 Dick Wallach is going to call in. I'm sure he'll have uh, a lot of funny Maki stories. There are, so, there are so many. I told you about the pants down and the uh, uh, objection over the uh, firefighters um, uh, contract. Uh, another great story was when he moved into City Hall uh, to take office, uh, the previous mayor, who was none other than George Rogers, had taken all the furniture. There was no furniture. And, and Maki was not a guy who was going to um, uh, order a whole bunch of new furniture at, at the taxpayer's expense. So what he did was he uh, had a, 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 a wooden crate box desk constructed and uh, a shrewd guy he had the media in to take his photo as he worked at this wooden crate box desk desk the mayor of new bedford that was jack markey so so there's a lot of funny stories like that um i told you the story about about guys that he put in the uh, county lockup to stay warm for the winter sending him a christmas card that said wish you were here that was jack markey so so you know he really you know in an era where even local politics has gotten to be very, very serious, he was a guy with a sense of humor. Uh, uh, as as Ray Medeiros said a, a little while ago, you could tell his quality from the quality of his children. You know, I, I, I don't mean to, to make him into a saint or anything like that because I'm sure his family would be the first to tell you that he wasn't, but he was just a, a, a refreshing person uh, guy who was very different from I would hazard to say the politicians then and certainly the politicians now so uh, we've been talking about that this morning we've also been talking about um, the scandal and and that's what it is a scandal of minors children working at the New Bedford seafood houses our reporter, Will Sennett, has a, 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 a story this morning that State Rep. Chris Hendricks has filed legislation. Chris Hendricks from the north end of New Bedford. Uh, call in, Chris, if you're listening. Uh, uh, has filed legislation to ban children from working 
at New Bedford in, in seafood houses, not just New Bedford seafood houses. How, how did this happen? Well, the kids, you know, are desperate for money because they come from Central America. They're escaping dire poverty, oftentimes violence of gangs, and they're sending money back to their families, many of whom used to live on subsistence farms in Central America, but with the corporatization of farms have all gone into the cities and they don't have any work. So these kids are in New Bedford having made the dangerous trek to cross the border and they've gotten phony green cards and they're working in the seafood houses. The same thing takes place in the Midwest at the meatpacking industry. The same thing takes place in all kinds of undesirable jobs. Uh, anybody who's seen roofers in the greater New Bedford area the last 10 years or so knows that they're all undocumented immigrants. That's a large portion of them are. That, that's, that's the reality of the American workplace. We have very low unemployment and we have these undocumented immigrants here seeking to come. People will say, well, I came legally. These people should come legally too. I agree. They should come legally too. But the quotas are so low in Central, for Central American countries, much lower than for European countries, that it's hard for them to come legally. They would have to, to wait years and years. And so we have these, these, these thousands of people at the border, which is not a good situation. We have to stop that. But meanwhile, if you read the New York Times this morning, we, we have the Democrats and Republicans still, after 30 years, not being able to agree with the, on a plan because each side wants it all their way. You know, uh, the, the Democrats want to have an ability to give people asylum. The Republicans don't want to give them asylum. I get that. They are different philosophies. But you've got to split the difference unless, you, unless the voters have decided to give you overwhelming control of the government. And overwhelming control of the government in America means that you have 60 votes in the Senate. And nobody ever has 60 votes in the Senate. The last time, I think, was the first year of Barack Obama's presidency. And even with 60 votes in the Senate, he had a hard time getting the affordable health care through because, because some of the conservative Democrats didn't want it. So we're not going to solve the border problems as long as we have a, a 51-49 you know, Democratic-Republican Senate. So let's compromise. Let's do what we can and get a more orderly system for, for bringing these people into America. If you want to say, I don't, I don't want any more people in America, okay, well, then you've got to get enough people elected to Congress and to the Senate, which is 60 votes, you know, 60 out of 100, so that you control things. And, and that, I don't see that happening. So let's, 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 let's talk in the world of the realistic. So if you want to talk about immigration or you want to talk about, about Jack Markey's mayorship, give me a call. It's 508-996-0500. We're here. It, the, the sun is up. It's a gray winter day. Call in. Uh, give me a hard time if you disagree with me on on immigration. Um, give me a hard time if you disagree with me on on, on Jack Markey. I, I think I can I can take it. Uh, but what do you think about, about these seafood houses employing all these these teenagers? It, it just is is that just the way it is? Is that is that just the way we're gonna be? In, in New Bedford, <coughs> excuse me, State Rep. Chris Markey says no. He says we have to do, we have to do better. Uh, so what else is going on in New Bedford? Uh, City Council is Sean Oliver uh, 
Leo Chiquette and Ian Abu are going to have a uh, a tax meeting for uh, anybody who has high tax bills and doesn't know how to file an abatement. They're gonna they're gonna do it next Tuesday at at Keith Middle School. So if you're interested in that, go ahead. Uh, we've been talking this morning about the residency requirement in New Bedford. I, I don't know the the residency requirement. It, it seems like it's important. It seems like you would want the working people in the city to get those jobs, but but the mayor has said it's it's, it's next to impossible to get management employees. That, that's another point um, about New Bedford. I'm told that there used to be a lot of lawyers and uh, business owners in the on the New Bedford City Council. Now, now not so much. Is that because there aren't professional people? left in New Bedford to run for the city council? Or is it because because uh, professional people just don't want to do it anymore? Uh, it, it just seems like the, uh, the nature of the city has changed and, and the, the going away of this residency requirement, if that's what the city council decides to do, is part of that. You just can't find enough people to fill these jobs anymore. Uh, uh, some of the jobs, chief financial officer, uh, city auditor, those, those are those are tough jobs to fill. Uh, so, so if you have feelings about that, give us a call. Uh, I don't know what else is going on this morning. We have a nice article about by Don Wilkinson in the New Bedford Light about Fallon Navarro. You may remember Fallon Navarro. She's the um, uh, artist who objected to the closure of the Star Store. A graduate student. Um, in New Bedford, and uh, uh, she has been, with the support of the unions from UMass Dartmouth, had a um, uh, sort of a um, a, a pop-up arts uh, arts um, exhibit space with some other artists in downtown New Bedford. She's the only person that I've seen, including the mayor, Senator Montigny, Chancellor Fuller, who has done anything with art in downtown New Bedford connected to UMass Dartmouth. They all said how much they wanted to be there, how much they wanted to bring it back. Nothing. Six months, nothing. Nothing happening. They can't get it done. I think I think personally that they're just posturing. No one intends to bring UMass Dartmouth artists back to New Bedford. We have a caller on the line, so let's go to them. You're on the air with Jack Spillane. Boy, am I glad to have a caller. <laughs> good morning, Jack. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, you. So, I thought maybe you sounded like you had a little bit of a cold coming on. You know, I I do have a little bit of a cold, and I I always have allergies going on. But you're right; you probably can hear it in my voice. I I do. A little bit. I recognize it. Yeah. Um. So I don't have any stories about the judge. I never met him, but um, all the funny things I heard. It makes me wish, geez, I wish I had that opportunity to have met him or something, you know? Yeah. He, he sounds he, like he was a riot. He, he just sounds like he was one of a kind. Um, uh, you know, getting yeah. that t- tattoo when he was 13 years old. Uh, um, <laughs> you know, he was a guy that was evidently in a little bit of, maybe he was playing hooky. He had to repeat his junior year of high school, but he overcame his problems and, and, and lived yes, a successful yes. life. I think that's why he was so relatable to the homeless people because apparently he's, you know, um, a, a female retired police officer called in a few days back and said that uh, um, a homeless man named Frenchie passed away 
and um, the, her and a colleague went to the homeless man's Frenchie's funeral, and the judge was there. And when she shared that story the other day, I thought, wow, I mean, it, it's unheard of, right? Yeah, yeah. But the Irish Americans love a and good, so we I, love a good wake, a good funeral. It's always a good time. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. So true. You meet all the so people I that have, you haven't um, seen. You meet all the people you haven't seen for for years. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that's what everybody says when you're at a funeral. Oh, geez, too bad. You know, it took this to see each other. Uh, yeah, that happens more often than not. So I wanted to ask you a question. Um, did did I hear right on the news that? Uh, New Bedford's getting electric school buses or is it electric city buses? I did hear something about that. That perked my ears up too uh, uh, because it seemed, uh, mm. wow, that's that's pretty uh, out in the forefront. Yeah, well, I picked up on it right away. And then I was thinking, I heard two days ago that um, one of the school buses, I don't know where though, um, caught on fire. The oh, battery. yeah, so, sure. Uh, the problem yeah, with the so batteries, kind of yeah. yeah. Yeah, what do you think yeah, of that, electric school buses? you think it's a good idea? I mean, anything. Anything to make the, um, you know, air breathable. Yep. You know? Yeah, yeah, but but, but, you're, mean, but you're right that those batteries, there's, there's been a lot of reporting that those batteries are more likely to catch on fire. Yeah, well, um, there was a whole recall on every Tesla. Yep. Every Tesla was recalled. Yeah. So I mean, it's just hasn't been researched enough, I think. For but Tesla can afford to put everything out there, and then we call it all back. You know what I mean? Yep. That's just a drop in the bucket for them. But yeah, yeah it would be a shame if New Bedford, um, you know, whatever one it is that they're putting it in, you know, um, it would be a shame to have all that money and then to find out it's just going to catch on fire. Yeah, I mean, and it is a new technology. Not easy to put out. It, it is a new technology, and, and there are bound to be some problems with it. So you, if you're going to be out in the forefront, and Mayor Mitchell likes to be out in the forefront of anything environmentally conscious, and he's done a good job with the yes. solar panels and yep. all that. But, but you do wonder, um, because mm -hmm. the fire department has weighed in about the dangers of these batteries. And, um, yeah. uh, you they know, can't I don't even know. put them out. It takes forever to put them out, and they restart themselves when you think they're out. Yeah. Yeah, so somebody, I can somebody's see the, um, fire department concern. Somebody's going to have to come up with a solution to to make these batteries a little safer. Um, I, they they do say that the electric cars work best for short trips, you know, because they they have to be charged. Right. And sometimes it's hard to find a charging place for a long trip, but uh, short trips um, mm -hmm. they seem to be the way to go. They're all over China. I but but you know the the battery mm -hmm. situation seems not to have been solved yet. But um, that would be interesting mm -hmm. that, you know, you know we've, we've got a share of the turbine, the wind turbine industry. There's solar panels everywhere on the Bedford yep. buildings. The high school has a bunch of them uh, in a field next door. And uh, now we're going to have electric buses in New Bedford. Mayor Mitchell yeah. is at the environmental forefront. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I, I love it, though, honestly. Yeah. I, like, yeah. I like seeing us stepping forward. I don't care about the wheel. I just... I don't know how I feel about the wind turbines, though, because I am concerned about the sea, you know? Sure, sure. Um, Listen, I, I got go to so go to a, go to a, I go to a break call. Do you want to hold on? Yeah. Because I got to take this commercial break. No, that's okay. I just wanted to say that um, thank you for coming in and um, helping out. I'm happy to do it for my buddy, too. 
Yeah, I like it when you're on. Okay. All right, Jack, that, you have a great day. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, I have a call on the line, but I'm going to ask you to wait until after the 7.30 news. We have the, the half-hour news early in the morning, and we'll get right to you if you hang on afterwards. In the meantime, we're going to go to Phil Devitt, and I have the bumper up. All right. Well, thank you very much, Jack. Dozens of deaths are being blamed on the Arctic cold weather gripping much of the U.S. Tennessee officials say at least 14 people died of weather-related causes during the latest round of winter storms. At least 10 people died in Oregon after ice storms hit the Pacific Northwest. Pennsylvania police say five people were killed this week because of hazardous driving conditions. At least 55 people have reportedly died across 10 states since the record cold temperatures started plunging in the U.S. last week. A Justice Department report says the 2022 Uvalde, Texas school shooting could have been stopped sooner. They had plenty of warning and plenty of knowledge that there were dying children, wounded children in those classrooms who had been shot by that gunman. NBC News legal correspondent Ken Delanian says the DOJ released a nearly 600-page report Thursday detailing the response to the shooting that killed 21 and injured 17. In the report, the DOJ called the response a failure. The shooter was stopped 77 minutes after he first walked into the school. Attorney General Merrick Garland traveled to Uvalde ahead of the report's release, spending time visiting family of victims and 21 memorial murals honoring each person killed. The war between Israel and Hamas is raging on as fears of a wider conflict grow. Mark Mayfield reports. Pakistan has carried out strikes in Iran as retaliation for strikes they made earlier this week. This comes as the U.S. hit over a dozen Houthi rebel missile sites in Yemen late Wednesday night in what it said were preemptive strikes targeting threats to ships in the Red Sea. Meanwhile, frustrations are said to be growing between the Biden administration and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu as pressures mount for the Israeli military to scale back its offensive in the Gaza Strip. However, talks of a ceasefire are reportedly still ongoing. I'm Mark Mayfield. President Biden says there will likely be more U.S. strikes against the Iranian-backed Houthi rebels based in Yemen and right now menacing ships in the Red Sea. Biden made the comment before departing from the White House for North Carolina Thursday. The U.S. has targeted command centers and military installations with its strikes against the Houthi carried out within the United Kingdom. This follows an announcement this week that the U.S. will redesignate the Houthi as a terrorist group. Thousands of anti-abortion activists will descend upon Washington, D.C. tomorrow for the 2024 March for Life. It'll be the event's second go-round since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, but organizers say they're aiming to change the culture by making abortion unthinkable. Folks will first gather on the National Mall near the Museum of Natural History for the March for Life rally at noon. The march itself will step off from the rally site and take a few turns before ending outside the Supreme Court building. And it's time to check your wallet. You may have some free money hanging around. National Use Your Gift Card Day is on Saturday. Cashback website Top Cashback finds that over two-thirds of Americans have unused or partially used gift cards. The official gift card holiday encourages consumers to redeem the gift cards they received over the holidays and treat themselves to something nice. According to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, a gift card cannot expire for up to five years from the date 
it was activated. Turning to the south coast, a 53-year-old man is likely to face drunk driving charges following a head-on collision in Swansea last night. Police say he was driving on the wrong side of the road when he struck another vehicle driven by a 20-year-old. That driver was hospitalized in serious condition. And former New Bedford Mayor John Markey will be laid to rest today. The 89-year-old died Sunday. His funeral service set for 10 a.m. at Holy Name of the Sacred Heart of Jesus Church on Mount Pleasant Street. Time now for WBSM Sports brought to you by Sparks Auto in Dartmouth. The Boston Bruins beat the Colorado Avalanche last night 5-2. They host the Montreal Canadiens Saturday night. And the Boston Celtics are home to play the Denver Nuggets tonight at 7.30. Now your forecast with ABC6. Starting our Friday morning with cloudy skies, temperature in the 20s. It will feel quite cold today, even though wind chill values not as cold as these past few days. They will remain, however, in the 20s. 30 to 50 percent chance of snow for this afternoon could eventually leave us up to an inch of accumulation. Around 30 this afternoon, tipping into the teens overnight, wind chill values around zero this weekend. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Cecil Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. This WBSM News Update brought to you by Sparks Auto Dartmouth, home of the $29 oil chain. Your choice for auto repairs, brakes, and inspection stickers. Sparks Auto, 425 State Road, Dartmouth. I'm Phil Devitt for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get all of our content and breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. Okay, Phil, thanks very much for the news. Uh, Good to have the news in the half hour. This is Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light, filling in for Tim Weisberg this morning. And we have a caller who's been patiently waiting on the line. You're next on WBSM. Hi, Jack. How are you? Good. Good. Jack, I'm from the other end of the world, so there's something I want to I want to uh, kind of like mention, okay? Okay. I think I think that personally, I think some of these people need to lighten up on their drinking. Okay, but we had two weeks ago, we had three people, one family, your grandmother, grandfather, and grandson that got killed on the Somerset Bridge. Yep. Because someone was drinking and driving and and going the wrong and in the wrong direction. Last night we had one up up by the Swansea Mall area who was drinking and driving in the wrong lane and hit a twenty year old. I, I agree, caller. Um, drinking and driving is not a, a light matter. I remember when I was growing up, people didn't take it that seriously. I didn't take it that seriously myself. It is, it is a serious matter, and people get killed all the time. And and they re- people really do have to re-examine themselves when they're doing this. Well, yeah, and I understand that. I mean, if, if they have a problem, I mean, like, I had a problem which, when I smoked years ago, and I and thank God today I don't smoke anymore. I quit cold turkey, and I, you know, but it's like when you're drinking and driving, if you need help, go get help before you go out there and kill somebody. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I hope this 20-year-old does okay, but right now, from what I understand, he's in critical condition, so hopefully he'll pull out of it, but... It, need, it, it definitely needs to stop because, you know, I don't think you'd want anybody in your family and I want, wouldn't want any of my family put into that situation because someone was drinking driving. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having the courage to call about this. And, and um, you, people who drink and drive, you should be aware. You can go to jail. Some of these bars need to, need, need, need to hold consequences too. I mean, if somebody's, you know, over the limit drinking, they need to shut them off. 
Yep. Yep. Ab- absolutely. Uh, Bob, you know, I, you know, there, we had a situation where uh, a firefighter, fire chief uh, at a bar in, in right here in town in Fairhaven, in Fairhaven was, yeah. was, was very, very drunk. And, you know, I haven't heard anything about whether he was overserved, but that was right at the Bayside. And, and, you know, um, it's a tragic situation, but clearly, I mean, from the news reports, the, the you know, the, 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 um, former chief was 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 drunk and uh, right, that right. shouldn't happen and, and that should be held on the bar or the bartender who yeah. served them a police you know? officer a police officer could have been killed of course, you know? of course. Yeah. i just wanted to mention that jack yeah. and you have a good day okay thanks for calling thank you bye-bye okay we have another caller on the line on wbsm you're on the air with jack spillane good morning jack hi listen I'm calling about the uh, residency uh, issue there. Yep. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm in favor of that residency residency issue. I remember uh, back when George Brightman used to be head of the water department, and Izzy Eisner used to be head of the airport, and other people were around. And there was uh, Constantine Anopoulos; he was head of the uh, school department, and. Geez, it just seemed like we didn't really have a lot of problems with our departments back then. And those guys were there for a long, long time. And you think that's because when you when you live in town, you know, you care about the town. You're not just moving through. I I think so. And I don't think that I don't think that they should be able to allow allow people to just like, okay, well, I agree with their resident uh, requirement, so I'm gonna Whoops. Up. That was me. I apologize, Carl. I didn't mean to, to cut you off. Uh, uh, I, I had another call on the line, so I apologize for that. You're on the air. Well, we'll keep you on a residency rule, Jack. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, do you think? How do you think? Is, hi, hi, hi. How do you Okay. I am, I am not doing very well. Did I cut you off, Carl? I think so. Yeah, sorry about that. And I, and I, I evidently cut Joe off after that, so I'm, 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 I haven't got these phones down yet. But go ahead. You're, you're yeah, on the yeah. residency. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. <clears throat> yeah, so. I he, think that you need to. I'll give you the I, I think the jobs like that should be given to people that work their way, work their way up through the system within the departments within our city. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, my, they need, they, my, my gut feeling is to be inclined to agree with you, uh, but I, yeah. I, I have taking it seriously when the mayor says for certain jobs like the chief financial officer, the auditor, they haven't been able to get people who live in New Bedford who have the qualifications to do those jobs. So the very high-end management jobs, would, would you think that could be an exception? No. I think they should work with the people that we do have here to get them to the point where they are qualified or to moderate the qualifications so that we can hire the people that are here that do want to work here. Yep. I think we should. I think we should learn how to do with what we have. Yep. The people, like you say, the people that live here and and appreciate the community, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think we need to be driving around in Cadillacs all day long every day if we're a, a Chevrolet city. You follow me? Yep. Why, why should we have to? Why do we need to have the money to buy Cadillacs if we're a Chevrolet household, et cetera? If we didn't have money from the state to buy a Cadillacs, we wouldn't be able to get the Cadillacs. Yeah, that, that actually one, sounds... One day this, the, that actually sounds like an attitude that Jack Mackey would have. Like, you know, we're, we're a Chevrolet city. We're not a Cadillac city. Why do we have to have 
all, all this stuff. I like that guy. Yeah. I like that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think you raised some good points. Um, yeah, it does seem yeah. that maybe there's somebody in the city that, that would work for, for, for the, the salary they're paying for, for the, for even a, a position like chief financial officer. I, I do take it seriously yeah. when they say that they, they had the job open for a year and a half and that they couldn't get anybody. Well, you know, they, you talk about diversity, right? Yep. So we need to we need to uh, uh, make the jobs so that uh, people from all ethnicities, et cetera, can get the jobs. We need to like raise them up or uh, moderate the jobs so that they can they can fit in. We need to get people of all diversities in, into jobs. Yeah. Well, if we can make those accommodations for people who have different skin colors, et cetera. Why can't we make those accommodations, similar accommodations for people that don't have the professional qualifications at this time to meet it? Yeah, Raise I, them I, up to the point where they can actually get the qualifications. Yeah, I, as I said, my, my personal inclination is to, is to go along with you. The only thing that's keeping me yeah. is, is, is that there's been some jobs open for a long time. But good points, Carla. I have another okay. guy on the air, so I'm going to okay, go to them. You. Yeah, bye. Okay. You're on the air, Joe. Hello? You're on the air. Let me see. You're on the air. Oh, I'm having a hard time here. You're on the air with Jack Spillane. Hi, Jack. Hi, Joe. Am I on now? Yeah. <laughs> <I think Okay>. so. <laughs> little technical difficulties there today. Yeah, huh? little, little mental difficulties for Jack. I think. <laughs> well, it's early in the morning. Okay. Yeah, uh, the uh, residency requirement. How do you think the city council is going to go on it? Do you think they're going to agree with the mayor and uh, and do away with it? Or <laughs> I did it again. Uh, so uh, Joe asks, uh, how, how do I think that they're going to do? From I haven't talked to all the councilors, but from the ones I've talked to, I think that there is an inclination to go away from the residency requirement. I think that um, people have heard the mayor when, when he says that he can't get people. And, um, uh, I think that there's probably going to be, uh, an attempt to, uh, to, to do away with it. I do think that, um, uh, you know, with the police and firefighters, especially the police. And I, I, I kind of like people who live in the city and care about the city, at least at the start, maybe they can wave it after a few years, but, but, um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking if I have to guess that it's going to go away. Well, let me, let me oh, what, am I still there? Yep. Okay. Uh, Chief Oliveira, is he in the city or is he out of the city? Chief Oliveira, I think he is in the city, but oh, I'm not good. 100% sure. I know the previous chief was not, he was just over yes, the Dartmouth yeah, line. Over, he was slightly over the line, I think, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. How about... Uh, Which doesn't bother me that much, being slightly over the line. Well, I, I like people in the city. I, you know, the, New Bedford is like a big cow, okay? And everybody comes feed off it, okay? But nobody feeds the cow back, and eventually the cow gets emaciated, and, you know, the money that you, you have... Uh, developed from, from taxpayers like you and I don't go to you know re, re, rejuvenate the city you yep. know yep. and uh, you know it, it, it's not good. How about Scott Kruger? Is it the, the fire chief? Where does he live? Uh, I have to say I don't know. He's a very good fire chief, though I think. Well, yeah, I understand that, but I, I think we get into the point of uh, serfs and nobles. In other words, when you've got a leadership that you know doesn't lay their head the same place that you are. And I, I don't think that's good. 
You know, it's it, it's it's in order to be a noble, you're going to be from outside of the city, and the, and the rest of the worker bees are all inside yeah. the city, getting paid low pay. You know. No, I I see a point. I I see a point. I just I, I just can't get out of my head that that job was open for a year and a half, and inside outside the city, they couldn't get anybody to do it. Well, my question again is: Is that because of the my way or the highway mayor? In other words, is is that because it's what he wants? Is he really looking? Maybe. You know. I got to go to a break, Joe. All right, my friend. Yep. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay. Wake up, South Coast. It's quarter of eight. It's Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light. We got callers on the line. You're next on WBSM. Good morning. How are we doing today? I'm doing well. Um. On this subject about residency requirement, I kind of want to take two steps back. Um, like the search, what is it, a, a financial advisor? What was the name of that position? Chief Financial Officer. Okay, Chief Financial Officer. Now, my understanding, and it's maybe simplified, but nature pours a vacuum. So there must be somebody there in the city doing the job now. Because if the position is that important, you follow what I'm saying? Well, well that if position... If they doing it there, why can't that person have that position? So the, so that position they finally did feel they were able to bring Bob Ekstrom, the former auditor, back. But while it was empty, they had a temporary... They had, like, uh, Mike Gagne, who was the former town manager in Mattapoisett in Dartmouth. He filled in for a year and a half while they were trying to fill it. So they had they did have to hire somebody as a temporary employee to do it. Okay, all right, that that makes a little sense. But you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, you've worked you know, some in positions. an office setting, and when there is a position open, they usually say, hey, you, you're now going to cover this portion sure. of the job. Sure, So I figured maybe that's what was happening in the city, and if that's how it was working, then you've got an individual that's basically putting the time in learning the job, and why can't that person be promoted to that position, and that's where I was going yeah, with it. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, like any boss, you have employees that you know are doing a good job and employees that you, eh, they're just so-so. And so if you, it depends on the position. Like if you have a, a big hotshot editor, you know, or, or, or a reporter, you want to be careful how you fill that. But if it's just another reporter, I worked at the Standard Times when we had so many reporters that if one of us was out, you didn't even notice it. But if the chief financial officer is out, if the fire chief is out, if the police chief is out, I think you might notice it. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe you'd notice it more if the deputy chief was 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 out. Like you know. But I get your point. Yeah. Well. Well. Once again, like going back to the chief financial officer, and and the way it seems like, and using the the police and the fire chief as an example, they've got deputies, and it seems like that's how government is formed. Like you've got the the head of the department, then you've got their next in charge. So is there a next in charge in that in that place? I'm just asking. I'm yeah, not- yeah, no, I, I, you get the feeling that sometimes they think that you've got to bring in this fancy person with all these qualifications, and do they really do a better job? I, I'll give you an example of superintendents of schools in New Bedford. I've seen a lot of superintendents of schools that came from outside the district, that came with sterling resumes, they were going to do this, they were going to do that, and sometimes the people who were from the hometown did better, and, and, and a point in case of that is Andrew O'Leary, who I guess he lives in Rochester now, but he lived in New Bedford for a long time. He's been in the system for a long time, and and you know, he's now been appointed the superintendent. I, I don't think we needed to go outside, so I, I get it. And, and I, I guess that's the way I'm looking at it, you know. Um, 
just the way it seems, the way governments, you know, done. you've got a top dog, then you got a second in charge, and, and then you've got all the followers after that. So it, I just figured there's a second in charge there. Why couldn't they, they fill in? Because that person eventually, you know, would go on vacation, so there is somebody that fills in the void. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yep, yep, yep. I, I see both sides of it. Good caller. I got to go to a break. Yep. Okay, so we have a caller who's been waiting patiently on the line, so let's go to them right away. You're on the air with Jack Spillane. Hi, Jack. How are you doing this morning? Good. Well, I, I was thinking that maybe if we created an ordinance that after a certain percentage of city employees uh, that are hired no longer live in the city, that would trigger an ordinance where everybody after that would have to be hired from the city and, and no waivers be granted. I, I think it, it got out of hand. Uh, and then it, we both know that, you know, teachers and firefighters and police officers are protected by state law. I think the, the police and fire have to stay in town for five years and then they can leave. But teachers uh, can go automatically. Now, when you look at the numbers and start crunching the numbers in terms of payroll, it's a group of money. And uh, that, that's part of the problem, as a gentleman called before about the cow. You know, they're sucking the revenue out of the city that could be spent on restaurants and Barassa hardware and all those other places that, that struggle in our city for support from customers. And that money is being spent elsewhere. So, you know, it's like we're shooting ourselves in the foot at the same time. I also believe that the city council has the right not to vote for waivers. And regardless, uh, the mayor has his right to appoint people. They have the right to not vote for waivers. And, and that's where uh, the dilemma may be. I'm also of the belief that certain people, you know, when we had, for example, Ari Sky, he was a tremendous asset for the city. And uh, I, I didn't have a chance to vote for him uh, with a waiver or whatever uh, he came in with. But I would have. That'd be one person I, I would vote for because of his talent. And if we can get that kind of talent, particularly in the city finances, I think that's important. Yeah, Ari actually did live in the city, but but I, I agree with you. He was a once in a uh, almost a lifetime talent that you have a chance to get, and he wanted to come here. Um, I, I'm inclined to agree with you, Tom, on, on almost all this stuff. The only thing that I do pause about is that that CFO position was empty a year and a half, and the auditor a long time too, I think, and. I just wonder if you can always get those people. But I do think that particularly between the police, firefighters, and, and teachers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.